Welcome to the Wild Grand Rapids message of the week. We hope you're encouraged, strengthened, and experience the presence of God through this message by Pastor Matthew Fuller. All right. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Good. You can be seated. Excited to be here. Didn't know if I was going to make it or not. My family's been hit. Something. Don't worry. It's not COVID. Something else. Some other devil. Each one of them a day at a time, starting Tuesday. It's been an interesting week for us. Uh, Tuesday, uh, one of them got sick, and then the next one. The thing about having so many kids is pretty much makes up a whole week's worth of sickness. So one at a time, one per day. Uh, I got hit as well, but I am healed now, and I am good. I am very happy to be here. Very, very, very happy. I feel like the Lord's got something uh, on his heart for today. I hope I can articulate it well. Let's actually, I want to pray for my kids real quick. You guys good with that? Let's do that. We can stand back up for this one. Pray for Rachel as well. They're all at home watching online. Everybody, hopefully, half of them are hopefully sleeping. But, uh, you know, we get an alarm clock that's been going off at about 10.30 or 11 o'clock at night, and it sounds like... <clears throat> We think we're about to go to sleep, and then the alarm goes off, and it's always a new one. So it's, yes, now you can use your imagination on how my week's been. But we're going to just pray for them right now. Father, we thank you for healing over my family's life right now in Jesus' name. We command healing into Olivia, Sophia, Macy, Abigail, and Rachel. Lord, we thank you for your peace to cover that house right now in Jesus' name. I will be home soon to help out, don't worry. But we thank you, Lord, for there just to be peace right now in Jesus' name. We command healing into their bodies right now in the name of Jesus. And anybody else that's at home sick this morning, we just declare healing over their bodies. Over the Walzak household, I heard that there might be something going on there. We thank you for healing to come to them right now in Jesus' name. Everybody that's watching online, if they're dealing with any sort of uh, cold or flu symptoms, allergies, whatever it is, COVID, we just take it all, Lord, and we put it under your blood. We thank you, Lord, for healing to come right now in the name of Jesus. We give you praise for it and thanks. Amen. Amen, amen. All right, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts this morning. Yes, 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 yes. If you would please turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start out on verse 4. We're going to get into this a little bit today. I'm excited. We're doing a series on spiritual gifts. We're going to get into some really super practical things on what it looks like to walk in, in the gifts of the Spirit uh, in the coming weeks, I'm very excited about it. Today, I'm just going to give a, a, a brief overview and kind of a, a case for the gifts, so to speak, this morning. So, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 4 says this, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now, I want us to talk about this real quick. See, the, the gifts of the Spirit have, have been looked at, uh, you know, at, at times as kind of just like the extracurricular activities of the Lord. Right? It's kind of like the weird uncle shows up every once in a while at certain churches, but we don't really want to talk about it. Now, I'm assuming for the most part, you're probably, if you've been at this church more than once, you, you recognize that we, we love and embrace the gifts of the Spirit. So I'm kind of preaching to the choir a little bit here. But I want to talk a little bit and reframe our mind about what the gifts of the Spirit are. They are not an extracurricular activity, something that the Lord does, but they are literally, as the Bible says here, the manifestation of the Spirit of God. It is God himself showing who he is here upon the earth. So the gifts of the Spirit aren't, aren't merely just something that he happens to do every once in a while, but it's what happens when the Lord shows up in the room. It says this, right? It says there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. It is the Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same spirit. 
to the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretations of, of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So the gifts of the Spirit, right here, there's in 1 Corinthians 12, there's about nine of them that are listed. There are additional in, in Romans 12 that are listed. Uh, the gifts of administration, of ministry, of leadership, of giving. You know, it's actually a supernatural gift of the Spirit to give. It is not in our natural mind that we are not born into this, this concept of, of generosity. It is actually the Lord himself manifesting through our lives through teaching, through exhortation, and through mercy. See, the gifts of the Spirit aren't some extracurricular activity, but they are what happens when the Lord shows up. They take place in our lives. And so there's, there's been this misconception that the gifts of the Spirit actually stopped. You know, that they were, they were given to the apostles at the time, and, and they were to, you know, to, to verify, to validate the word. And then there's supposed to be some expiration date. I was looking all over my Bible for it, but I couldn't find where the gifts expired. Has anybody else found it? Seems to be a popular opinion in West Michigan that they expired at some point, but just can't find it in the Bible. So let's, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. It says this, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Now, spiritual gifts aren't something that's like, well, if it happens, it happens. The Bible actually says to desire spiritual gifts. That word desire actually means to boil over with passion, with envy. In the negative sense, it means to be enraged with anger. And this is the word that Paul decided to use when he says to desire spiritual gifts. So he is saying, if you would just be filled with passion, that the, the Spirit would manifest himself through your life. But especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. Unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Now I want us to, to think about this for a moment. This was written to a church. This wasn't written to another apostle. This was actually a command to the church on how we are to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, meaning that each and every person in this place is called to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And this idea of cessationism versus not cessation, whether they're here or, or no longer here, is we're not actually neglecting whether or not the things that God did still exist, but whether the very existence of God is still present here upon this earth. It may not be a conscious thought that people have, but that is what we're saying. Because if this is actually a manifestation of God, so who he is when heaven crashes to earth, a picture of God actually declaring Jesus as Lord, then we're not just saying, no, he doesn't do that anymore. We're saying, no, he's not here with us anymore in the same way that he was before. And now I think there's, there's probably all sorts of different reasons on why we believe that. And, and some of us probably subconsciously believe that to a degree. We can judge that in our own lives based on the amount of, of fruit that we have in the gifts of the Spirit. Each and every one of us is called to desire spiritual gifts, is called to desire that the manifestation of the presence of God would flow through our lives. Not only called in a sense like, hey, if you want to come, come with me, but we're commanded, according to Paul in the Bible, that the spiritual gifts would actually flow through our lives. And as I said, they're, they're not just with, with the apostles. They weren't just, there's this teaching that it was just meant to, to validate the legitimacy of the apostles in the early church. But let's actually read our Bible here for a second. There were 70 followers of Jesus that cast out demons in Luke chapter 10. 70 followers of Jesus. There were 12 apostles. At least 109 people that were in the upper room we're, not, we're, we're lay people, we're normal people, we're not apostles. That spoke in other tongues. Stephen was filled with the power of the Spirit in Acts chapter 6 and 7. 
Philip the evangelist preaches in Samaria and the people believed, seeing and hearing the miracles that he did in Acts chapter eight. Ananias has a vision from the Lord. After Paul's sight was blinded, Ananias has a vision from the Lord and the Lord himself tells him to go and to heal Paul. This is the Lord commanding a non-apostle to go and heal. What am I doing here? I'm breaking down the divide of the hierarchy in the church. Each and every one of us are called to operate in spiritual gifts. Followers of John the Baptist in Ephesus prophesied and spoke in tongues in Acts chapter 19, verse 6. Philip has four daughters, and it says each one of them prophesies in Acts chapter 21. He's a man like myself, four little girls. Paul writes that there were miracles working among the Galatians in Galatians chapter 3. Paul wasn't there. He's writing to the church saying there are miracles that are working among you. And he's not letting them know that they're about to expire. He gives instruction to spiritual gifts and to prophecy to the churches in Rome, in Corinth, and Thessalonica, in Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, and 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 and 20. He is actually writing to the churches, assuming that they are working in signs, wonders, and miracles. He wasn't with them when he's telling them, this is what it's supposed to look like in your services to prophesy one by one. He wasn't with them when he says that there are miracles working, working in your midst to the Galatians. It was an assumption that each and every believer was to walk in signs, wonders, and miracles. That each and every believer was called to pursue spiritual gifts and that it wasn't going to die with the apostles. Because my Bible says that Jesus himself said, greater things than these will you do because I go to my Father. We're called to actually model the life of Jesus, but we're told not to model it all. Seems a little strange, doesn't it? I'm, I'm getting a little, little offensive here because I believe that there has been a lot of lies built up in the church. Like, we're supposed to model the life of Jesus, but 80% of what he did was healed people. So I'm supposed to take that out. I don't get to pick and choose the Bible. So got to take that out. Might as well get rid of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. What's the point of even learning about those spiritual gifts if I'm not actually supposed to do anything with them? Might as well get, wit get wit of Romans 12. <laughs> Did Jamie leave something up here? What did he say? It was the water. What was that? So we're going to get Widow Woman 12. Because that's got all the gifts. And we don't need them. I can do this because my daughter talks like this. Love that about her. We were going for a bike ride last night. How was the weather yesterday? Oh my gosh. And she came up to me and she looks, she came zooming at me, flips around and goes, hurry up, I'm gonna waste you home. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm gonna win. <laughs> she won. But I'm saying all this because whether we consciously believe it or not, it is such a strong message in North America that the gifts of the Spirit at some point expired. Or maybe they didn't expire. Maybe they're actually only for a select few. Maybe they're just supposed to happen in our lives. And at salvation, the Holy Spirit fills us and some have them, some don't. If that was true, then why does it tell us to desire it? If it was true that maybe you're just born with or without a certain gift, then why does he tell each and every person in that church to boil over with passion, to seek after spiritual gifts in a way that would actually cause our whole body to ache, to actually desire this thing? Later on in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, desire the best gift, especially that you would prophesy. He wasn't writing to the prophet of the house. He was writing to the church in Corinth. He was telling each and every person in that room, Desire the best gift, especially that you would prophesy. What is the best gift? It's the gift that you need in the moment. As my mom always says, if you need, a, if you, if you need healing, it's probably, you know, it's not a gift of wisdom. It's a gift to heal. 
Each and every one of us is, is called to actually desire that thing that we are needing in our life for Jesus to be seen and for him to be glorified here upon the earth. You see, the gifts of the Spirit were never meant to be this, this thing that we do and, and that gives us a badge that solidifies our spirituality. But in Acts, it actually says it like this. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The gifts of the Spirit, the revelation of the Holy Spirit here upon this earth, the manifest, or I said earth, the manifestation of who he is, is actually to point to Jesus. It's as if every time that a gift is in operation, every time that the Spirit manifests himself, it's a declaration to the entire world that Jesus is alive. It's a declaration to the entire world that the king has won. That death couldn't hold him down. There's something that happens when you see somebody get out of a wheelchair that just takes my mind a little bit off of the fact that maybe these are just words on a paper. And it's actually a risen king that I'm walking with. Mark chapter 16, verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. He actually used the manifestation of the Spirit on this earth to confirm the word that it was that the, that the apostles uh, spoke. And he's called each and every one of us that the words that we would speak wouldn't only be as, in a demonstration of wisdom, but a demonstration of power. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 4 and 5. I've got a lot of scripture here. Hope that's all right. Is it okay that we're reading the Bible this morning at church? You're welcome. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He's actually saying that your faith wouldn't be in something that I convinced you to believe. That your faith wouldn't be in my, my eloquent speech, the way that I was able to interpret the word but it would actually, your faith would be in the power of God. As much as, as, as we're able to talk somebody into Christianity is as easy as it is for somebody else to talk them out. But there's something about when you introduce somebody to a person that's still alive. Because the thing is, if, if, if these words on a page were just something that were written a couple thousand years ago and then we're just supposed to believe it, because somebody told us to, that would be, that there are so many things that are written like that. There's so many religions that are nothing but words on a page. But our words on a page have power because our God is still alive. And we know that he's still alive because my faith is in the power of God that I have seen with my own eyes. And there's something that happens with our evangelism. There's something that happens with the way that we live our lives when we're introducing people to a person. And not just a set of ideas or a set of rules. Because scripture, there, there's so many different interpretations, so many different arguments that people have that are very much based on the culture of our time. Scripture oftentimes, you know, there's this, there's this fight for what the love of the Father actually looks like right now because love is love and, you know, love is interpreted as culture in a certain way. And so that cultural influence can distort our eyes. It can distort the way that we actually read and see scripture. And it's important for us to dig deep into the culture of the time, to actually have context and understanding of what the word was written for at the time that it was written. But there's something that takes place that no matter what culture it's in, no matter what culture we're interpreting the Bible as, no matter, no matter what culture we're seeing Jesus for, there, no, there's something that happens that when the lame walked 2,000 years ago, it looks the same as it does now. When Jesus introduces himself for who he truly is, when he actually manifests himself through the manifestation of the Spirit, you can't argue that with culture. You can't argue with my theology when blind eyes start seeing. You can't argue my theology when deaf ears start to open up. You can't argue my theology when I run a business in such a supernatural way, when I have a gift of administration that flows through my life that's, 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 not being, that's not seen here upon this earth. There's something that happens when we actually believe Jesus for who he truly is and that he's still alive. We can argue theology all day. 
but you can't argue my testimony. So why spiritual gifts? We talked about the fact that when they manifest here upon the earth, it's all to point back to Jesus. Everything that we do in our lives is to point to who Jesus is, the fact that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. The manifestation of the spirit here upon this earth, just as he says in Acts 1 verse 8, is to point to Jesus. It's to point to the fact that he overcame death in the grave. And every one of these gifts is not to operate as this thing that we're supposed to do, but actually a heart of love and compassion for the world. It's out of that place that we're able to actually see them expand and to see the purity of those gifts be released here upon the earth. When we're, when we're actually operating out of a heart of love and compassion for those that are around us. In Matthew chapter 14, verses four, verse 14, it says, When Jesus went out and he saw a great multitude, he was moved with compassion for them. And he healed their sick. There's something that grips our heart when we actually understand the love that the Father has for us. It brings us outside of our human boundaries. It brings us outside of our human understanding of, of what it's supposed to look like to, to, to evangelize or what it's supposed to look like to, to love people. And it actually brings us to this place where we're operating outside of our own willpower. That the power of God may be seen and not ourselves. 1 Corinthians 13, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. What would it look like to operate in our daily lives with such a heart of love, with a heart of, of passion, of desire for the gifts of the Lord to be seen here upon this earth? You know, I, I honestly believe that there's, there's, there's some bad theology, but I think there's equally some bad experiences that a lot of us have had with the gifts of the Spirit. I think that for the most part, I would say, you know, and this is me not knowing every one of you individually and assuming maybe you've been here before and so you kind of know what you got yourself into <laughs> coming to this church. But I'd say for the most part, we believe that the gifts of the Spirit are, are still alive and active today. But I would also probably propose that we've all experienced hurt from it. And we've actually experienced a wrong that maybe somebody else did. And, and I don't think oftentimes that it was out of intentionality of, per, of the person. I think that most of the time, each and every one of us is actually just trying to pursue the Lord with a pure heart. We put so much pressure on people to be perfect, and they're just not. <laughs> Surprise. But unfortunately, what happens is we put the abuse of something, a person's wrong, above the right that the Lord has for our lives. Because the right is to pursue spiritual gifts, to actually boil over with passion that the Holy Spirit would be seen through our lives. What would it actually look like if the church, individually, knowing that we are all members? So the, the, there's actually, right after this is when he goes into the unity of diversity of the church. The context of talking about the fact that each one of us are individual members is he's talking in context of each and every one of us have a gift of the Spirit to walk in. It's not that we're just, you know, shaped differently or talk different or, you know, maybe a different color of skin. It's actually that we have a different function of gifting in the church. Each and every one of us. He was not just calling the leader of the church, but individually as members of the body of Christ. So what would it actually look like if we took all of these things that I have listed and sought and desired them in our lives? Knowledge, wisdom, prophecy, faith. Did you know that there is actually a gift of faith that you can carry? I remember when we, um, when we were buying this building that we're all in right now. 100, 150 people hanging out in a warehouse building in a strip mall, doing church, 100 kids out in the lobby. Yeah, another 100 in the room, the 100 outside that we couldn't fit. No, but there was something that was deposited within us. 
You know, there's, there are times when we feel like we're supposed to do something, and then there's times that we like know that we're supposed to do something. And that's that gift of faith, that, that feeling that's deep down inside, that actually stirs up within us, that it's like, you can't tell me no. I know that I know that I know that I know that I heard the Lord say this, and that this is what I'm called to do. And we experienced that when we, when we found out about this building. No money raised yet. Just seemed like an idea. There's no way that we're able to get a loan for that amount of money. Because we had no down payment. You need at least 20% down. This building was roughly a million dollars, so you can do the math. Actually, it's 25% for commercial. And... Uh, um, but there was something that was released inside of us. And there was something that was released not only in us, but in the entire room. And we raised in four months like $350,000. Because there was a gift of faith that was deposited in each and every person. Where they knew that they knew that they knew that they knew that they were supposed to give. Because they knew that they knew that they knew that they knew that, that, the, that this was what the Lord had called us to. Because of what he wanted to do with this place. It wasn't about a building. It wasn't about a different, you know, change of scenery, but it's about what the Lord wanted to release because he said to do it. And there's a gift that takes place. And I remember we were a day before closing. I don't know if everybody even knows this. We were a day before closing with this whole deal unraveling. One day. We needed to nail down something in one day, but there was something that was like, we knew we just had to keep moving forward. And even though, even though everything didn't align itself in that moment, eight months later, we saw why. See, sometimes when, when there's actually faith released, it means that you don't actually operate according to what your eyes are seeing. It means that you don't actually operate according to what natural minds and natural wisdom, natural counsel would tell us to do, natural experience, because there's something that's been released from heaven, a supernatural wisdom that was released. Because you don't know what you can't see, but he does. And what would it actually look like then for each and every one of us in the church to walk in that sort of way, to walk in a supernatural experience, knowing that his gifts are for me individually, for faith, for healing, that when my family is sick, the first call isn't to the doctor, but it's to heaven. I think you shouldn't call a doctor, call a doctor, doctor's smart, love doctors, smart people, but that doctor's going to be working with Jesus. For the working of miracles. For the discerning of spirits, that we would actually understand, wait a second, something doesn't seem right about this. Something's not right with that conversation. There's something demonically influencing what's going on here. The misunderstandings don't, are, aren't adding up right. I, I'm, I'm, I've got a gift to understand that there's just something that's not right here, that the devil is at work right here. You know, it's just like in my home this week, there was, it was like one thing after another. It wasn't just sickness, there was things, that mud penny that took place. It was like a whole thing all in one week. And I'm like, okay. You're a little too obvious here, devil. You could have slowed down a little bit and maybe tricked me a little better. But I have this gift inside of me called discernment. I understand when it's you trying to move and when it's the Lord trying to move in my life. So I'm going to stop responding to you and I'm going to start responding to him. There's actually a gift that's been released and given in our lives, and that's the gift that allows us to walk in supernatural authority and victory here upon this earth, where we're not actually responding to things that are taking place because I know what spirit it's of. Because I've been given a gift, and I am a believer. I am a child of God. I am a chosen vessel. I have been individually called to desire spiritual gifts. I have been individually called to walk in the fullness of his promises for my life, for the fullness of his presence, that the manifestation of the Spirit would actually come through my life and that Jesus would be seen. Not through my pastor's life. Though it will come through their life because I go to a supernatural, awesome church. Man, with greatest pastors in the world. Just amazing people. And I walk in so much forgiveness and mercy for them and I know that they're not perfect and that I just love them. And that... <laughs> And I just want to give them all my money and cars and everything that they have. <laughs> I had to throw the end there because we're at a charismatic church. You know, we got to make sure that we <laughs> got to stick with the lines, right? <sighs> but what would it look like for each and every one of us to walk like that? Speaking in different kinds of tongues, actually edifying ourselves up as it calls us to do in Jude. 
to walk in administration in my business, in my family. A supernatural gift of administration on what it actually looks like to, 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 to schedule time with my family, to structure our lives in such a way that glorifies Jesus. Because the manifestation of all these things glorify Jesus. In my leadership ability, in my giving, in my teaching, in my exhortation, and in my mercy. The gifts that I, that I list first aren't greater than the gifts at the end. It should be just as supernatural the way that I teach my children than it should be the way that I prophesy. It should be just as supernatural the way that I lead than in the way that I bring healing to people's lives. There's gotta be something that's beyond just the wisdom of men and actually glorifies the power of God in absolutely every area of my life because that's the only way the world is truly gonna see who Jesus is. So what would it look like for me individually to live like that? To not allow the abuse of the gifts of the past or maybe our experience of what those things have looked like in our lives to supersede the command of the word. The promise that Jesus gave to us that greater things than these will you do because I go to my father. This is something, we have our prophetic training that's coming up uh, this Wednesday night actually for those that are desiring to join the prophetic team I'm going to teach on prophecy that night. We'll do some activations. It's open for anybody if you want to just come as well. But it is a prerequisite for the prophetic team. But I start off the training just going through healing of the abuse that each and every one of us have experienced. And I want to actually do that here this morning. Because I believe there is really something on this. I believe that the Lord showed me that, that we have shut down. We have actually quenched the spirit. You know, in Thessalonians it says, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecy. There has been an all-out assault on the voice. There has been an assault from hell over the voice. Literally in the natural, the coronavirus steals the breath from our lungs. You know, we've entered in the decade of, of pay, the decade of the mouth. And it's no surprise then that there is actually an assault, not only in the church, but in the world on prophecy as well. That we experience that, that, that there are prophets that... Whatever your interpretation of that is, the reality is, is that there have been voices that have been called to discredit prophecy. And it wants to silence the voice of the church. And I believe that in order for us to stand up, to rise up and actually to, to continue to declare and to prophesy his word is we, not, we need to not let the voices of the devil become louder than the voice of God. Fear over what we may or may not get right cannot keep us from doing what he has called us to do. Because each and every one of us are imperfect vessels, but he is big enough to get, keep us on track. He is big enough. It was his choice to tell us to desire spiritual gifts. You know, where there's, there's, there's this fear, so to speak, that we don't want to get off by trying to seek after prophecy or seek after healing. We're, when we're seeking after a person being seen here on the earth, how can we get off with that? When we're seeking after Jesus himself being glorified, I put more faith on his ability to, to lead me than the devil's ability to deceive me. So I'm going to pray for some healing in this room today. Because I know, I've experienced it in my own life where there's been prophetic words that have been given out of, you know, selfish ambition. Where I've been seeking after healing in my life and I'm like, God, why haven't you healed me but you healed the person next to me? You know, there's all sorts of uncertainties that we experience with the gifts of the Spirit. And there's all sorts of different abuses that we've experienced with the gifts of the Spirit and we need to remember that each and every one of us are imperfect people, including the ones that were trying to operate them, in them. I believe that everybody's just trying to do the best that they know how to do so that Jesus can be glorified. There's something that happens when, when we believe the best in others, breaks down the suspicion in our minds, it breaks down the, the judgments, the jealousies. When we actually believe that people have good intentions and not bad intentions, it breaks down the walls that try to divide us and keep us separate from others in our lives. When we believe that, that, that each and every person is a precious child of God, that they are cherished in the sight of heaven, it just does something different in us. So I'm going to just lead us in some prayer over this. Father, I thank you. Thank you for those that decided to step out. 
Thank you for those that have gone before us that decided to step out and to practice hearing your voice, to practice walking in the gift of healing, to practice walking in the gift of discernment, to practice walking in faith, Lord. Those that they felt like they had heard their voice and maybe they were or weren't hearing it correctly. Lord, where there has been abuse of the things of the Spirit, Lord, we just release forgiveness right now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that those things would no longer hold us back from your perfect will for our lives. That we wouldn't allow our pride to elevate somebody else's wrong over your right. Because it is your command very clearly in Scripture for each and every one of us to pursue spiritual gifts. And to do it out of a motivation of love, to do it in a way that glorifies Jesus here upon this earth. So that you can truly be seen here, Lord. In the fullness of who you are, not that we just hear about you, but that we hear you. Father, I thank you for a fresh commissioning over this church. Lord, that this church will walk in desire to pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. That this is a people, Lord, that aren't scared of doing impossible things with you. That you would fill us with boldness, with courage, to step out and to, to do things that are outside of our natural understanding and outside of our natural way of thinking, Lord. Help us to tap into your heavenly realm this morning, God. As it says in, in, in Ephesians, as, as Paul prayed, would, would you enlighten the eyes of our understanding, Lord? that we would understand from a heavenly perspective. And Father, right now, we just bring those people to the foot of your cross, Lord. And we release the burdens, the weights of the things that we've carried in our lives, the, the, the way that, that people with either good or bad intentions, it doesn't matter. Our job is only to forgive, not to judge motivation. Whatever it is, Lord, we release them and we forgive them. We release them to you, Lord. So build in us a desire once again to pursue the supernatural things of heaven here upon this earth, Lord. That the whole world would see how true and how great you really are, God. How much death you conquered. What the throne of heaven looks like, God. Thank you, Lord, that you are going to be glorified here on this earth through our lives. Teach us to walk in the gifts of administration and ministry, leadership, giving, teaching, exhortation, mercy, healing, prophecy. The best gift for the moment that we have need of, Lord. Stir in our hearts a, a holy desire and passion, God. Give us that gift of faith this morning to even believe these things, God. Give us a gift of faith today, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for such a fresh baptism of your spirit from heaven, Lord. Jesus, I pray that you would give a fresh baptism in this room even right now, God. Now that we've said no to those hurts, Lord, we're saying yes to you. We're saying yes to your perfect will over our lives, God. We're saying yes to the call from heaven to walk and to desire, to pursue love, to desire spiritual gifts, God. So baptize us fresh this morning, Lord, in your presence. There it is. There's a peace just filling this room right now. Ooh. Thank you, Lord. Fill peace in every home that it is. For those that are watching online. Carrie, can you come play the piano? I thank you for a fresh outpouring of peace in this place, God. Whew. Father, teach us to dream once again where we've been stuck in a, a state of surviving, responding to the negative situations that have happened in our lives over this last year or so. Teach us to dream again. 
Show us the great exploits of your kingdom. What are the greater things that you have called us to do? What are the greater things of your kingdom, Lord? You didn't call us to come and attend. You called us to change the world. So we just remove the cap right now in Jesus' name. The cap that has been placed on each and every person in this place. By words that have been spoken over your lives. If you're feeling the Lord move on your heart, I want you to come and just to kneel before the altar this morning. Come and move, Lord. Father, move not in in human wisdom, God, but in a demonstration of your spirit and of power, Lord. I pray for a fresh baptism in this place, God, that goes beyond all human constraint, all human understanding and wisdom. Take us up into the heavenly realm this morning, God. Ooh. Just continue to release. Woo! Whew, there it is. Just start crying out for a fresh baptism of his presence. We thank you, God, for a fresh baptism of your presence in this room, God. We need you, Lord. You aren't something that we just do on the side, Lord, uh, an extracurricular activity, God, but have all of our life, Lord. You aren't our Sunday morning program, God. Thank you, Lord, for a fresh baptism in this room. Just continue to release it. Continue to release it, Lord. There it is. There's another wave coming. Woo! Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Father, we continue to forgive, to hand over those situations and circumstances that took place in our life, God. Teach us to dream once again with you, God. We're not okay with ordinary living. Unless it's the ordinary that you walked in, Jesus. Unless it's the ordinary, day by day, walking with the Father. Operating in signs, wonders, and miracles, and done with the heart of love here upon this earth. Do what only you can do, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. your own song to the Lord this morning. Father, we're not satisfied with just hearing about you. We want to know your heart, Lord. We want to carry our heart to the ends of the earth, God. Sing his praise aloud. 
sing his praise aloud. Awake my soul and sing, sing his praise aloud. Sing his praise aloud. So Father, thank you for an awakening in this room. I thank you for an awakening in this city, God. Lord, let it not stop here. Let it not stop at the end of a service, God. But let it carry through in all of our lives, Lord, the manifestation of your spirit here upon this earth, Lord. Father, I pray for such a revival, for a true turning of hearts back to you, God. Father, do what only you can do in America. Do what only you can do in this land, God. We're desperate and hungry for a fresh move of your spirit, Lord. And we're not satisfied with dead religion. We're not satisfied, God, with dead traditions. Let your life come and flow, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God. I really believe what he is saying is that he's saying, come, come back to your first love. You remember those days when you would just want to be alone and spend time with him that didn't matter what else was going on. It was like you just wanted to get away into that secret place. But then things happen in life. You know, life gets messy and circumstances, stuff happens, and all of a sudden that hunger, that zeal that you once had isn't there anymore. And God's wanting to reignite that zeal, that hunger. We live in a very religious area. Jesus came against the religious folks. He did not come against those who were hungering and thirsting for more of him. He said, if you hunger and thirst for him, that he will fill you. He will fill you to overflowing. Come on, Holy Spirit, I ask that you just increase right now in this place. Come on, more Jesus. We repent, God. We repent from ever quenching your spirit in our lives personally and corporately, God. Pour out more, God. We need more. We need a great awakening in this nation. We need a great awakening in our lives individually. Come on. We need a great awakening, God, individually. Start with me, God. Start with me. Start with me. May you burn, God, deep inside of us again, God. Come on. Jesus, more, God. More, more, more. Revive us, God. Awaken us, Jesus. There's nothing we want more. There's nothing we want more. Come on. There's nothing we want more. 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 Come on, pour it out, Lord. There's nothing we want more. Pour it out, pour it out, pour it out, pour it out. There's nothing we want more. Pour it out, God, pour it out. Holy Spirit conviction to fall in this place. There's nothing we want more. There's nothing we want more. There's nothing we want
Come on, if that's you, if there's nothing that you want more, just shout it out. Come on, we want more, God. Come on. There's nothing we want. There's nothing we want of the Holy Spirit with tongues. It speaks the perfect will of God out in your life. When you don't know what to pray for as you are. If that's you and you haven't received that, come on forward. We want to pray with you. It's for today. People say it's of the devil, but when I was in the world, I never got tongues. It wasn't until I got saved that I got tongues. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Everybody in here has the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. When you want to get stirred up, just pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. We glorify you. We honor you. We adore you. We thank you for your presence. That you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you change not. You change not. The same yesterday, today, and forever. You change not. You change not. Keep praying. There's another wave coming into the room right now. Keep praying. 
when you go after the things of the kingdom of God, you're going to offend some people. And unfortunately, the church, for the most part, has lost its voice because it's been afraid to offend. And that is something that we individually and corporately need to repent of. Because really the opinions of man, popularity, fame, and acceptance have become more important than the real move of God. Well, what is my brother or my sister or my mother or my father or my best friend or my neighbor or my coworker or my boss going to think? If I really stand for what I say I stand for. Do we believe that we're just reading a bunch of words on a page? Or do we believe that they're, they're inerrant? 
full of power and full of life, able to actually transform an atmosphere, able to actually transform an individual's life from hell into heaven. If we believe that that power is able to take us out of hell and bring us into heaven, then why can we not believe that that same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that shall quicken your mortal body and that we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover? We've been given the keys. Why does it make our minds tilt? When we hear the authentic gospel, it's offensive. It says that the word is sharper than a two-edged sword. That means that when we speak the truth in love, but the truth, it's going to bring an offense to a religious mindset because we want to understand it has to come into my theology, what I've known from the time I was little. But there's an experience that God has that is real and tangible. He's alive. He's not dead. He is alive and he's living within you. You are the temple of the living God. What you see, he sees. What you hear, he hears. What you say, should be what he's speaking. Want to see transformation come into our homes? It has to start on our knees. I'm not responsible for anyone else. I'm not responsible for what anybody else does, but I am responsible for what I do. I am responsible for what I say. I am responsible for what I see. I am responsible for me, just like you are responsible for you. And you're being read, whether you know it or not. We're all walking epistles, being read by all men. Let's bring glory to him. God, we are hungry for more. God, we don't want to come to church and sit every Sunday and hear a message and go home and work all week, come back Tuesday night, do a prayer meeting, just repeat, 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 repeat. Let our lives, Sunday through Saturday, be a representation of you, your glory, your presence, and your kingdom. God, we repent. I repent for putting you aside and waiting waiting till things look the way that we think that they're supposed to look. God, we ask that you resurrect the dreams right now within each and every person in here. Let dreams come back and resurrect them. I ask for an anointing for dreams, God, to be resurrected right now in Jesus' name. The crying out and the hunger to see that thing that we used to cry out for and hunger for. I'd ask, God, that that would just get resurrected right now in the mighty name of Jesus. That we would once again, God, see what it is that you're wanting to pour out. That we would hunger, God, for people to get saved. That there's people, Lord, that don't even know who you are. They know about you, but they don't really fully believe in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. That he is the only way, the truth, and the life. That we would have that hunger once again. That when we walk by a stranger, we would want to know, do you know? 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 Come on, God. Burn. Burn again. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. God, we forget the former things because you're going to do a new thing. You're going to do a new thing. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, God. 
Holy Spirit, we love you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about the Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.